welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special Thursday release of the Jeff Macalino podcast. Got a fun one for you today. Uh, James Simmons joins me. He's the founder and CEO of Game Apart, uh, and he'll tell you all about that. It's a fun uh, concept and, uh, you know, something that family and friends can uh, play for free. Uh, and, uh, you know, HR business people might want to check it out themselves. Uh, James, fun guy. Uh, check uh, out uh, him uh, and Game Apart. And uh, having this special Thursday release because, frankly, I've got such a backlog of episodes that I recorded one uh, yesterday, May 10th, that if I stuck on the calendar, wouldn't come out until late June. And that's just too long of a wait uh, for some of these conversations. So I'm going to pop in a couple of Thursday episodes because I just want to get some of these fun, uh, exciting episodes. I want to get them out to people. So here we are. This is episode 75, by the way, uh, of the podcast. Very uh, excited I've gotten here. I need to start thinking of big ideas for what I do for episode number 100. Uh, it's coming up. I mean, it's a few months away. It'll it'll be here. Uh, I, I can't decide whether I want to go super big guest or maybe try to get a uh, fan favorite uh, previous guest to come back. Um, somebody even suggested making it a best of episode. That would involve a lot of editing on my part. And, you know, I'd probably not prefer to go that route. But at some point, I think I'll have to do something in that regard. So let me know if you have any thoughts. Uh, and stick around afterwards, and I'll give you my pitch on, uh, hey, rate me on IMDb. This week, I'm uh, ranked the 56th comedy podcast on IMDb. Go ahead, pop on there, rate the show, 10 stars. You can go through and rate each episode. And seriously, rate each episode, you know, be be gentle with me, but that can give me an idea of what guests uh, are more preferred, because you can rate me on Apple or Spotify, but that's only the overall show. Uh, so obviously I want you, as 40 of you have done, thank you, by the way, on Apple to give me five stars. Uh, however, if, you know, on IMDb, if you like some guests, you can give them a 10. If you like some less, give them an eight, seven, whatever you think. Um, give, you know, give me some feedback that way. So a shout out uh, to the sponsor for this episode, uh, our friends at Geology. This is the award-winning men's skincare company that will formulate a customized skincare routine just for you using a handful of powerful proven ingredients that have been trusted by dermatologists for decades. Uh, no matter what you're looking for as far as skincare, they got you covered. You go take a 30-second quiz, and their team of dermatologists will design and ship a regimen directly to your door. Very simple. Uh, I've got their everyday face wash, their vital morning face cream, repairing night cream, and nourishing eye cream. Uh, I talked to uh, someone over at Geology. She said most, a lot of guys, uh, girlfriends steal that nourishing eye cream uh, to use that for the bags under their eyes. I said, well, if only I had a girlfriend, she could steal mine. 
Wah, wah. Anyways, go to geology and uh, use the link in the show notes below because that'll help me, help me help you with your skincare. Um, go to geology. All right. That's enough of me for now. Here's me and uh, James Simmons. Have fun. All right, everybody. I am very pleased to welcome James Simmons to the Jeff Macalino podcast. Uh, how are you today, James? Hey, Jeff. I'm good. How are you? I am good. I am good. Happy Happy Monday to you. <laughs> it is only Monday. Oh, man. I try to make it a point to record on Mondays because I always release the episodes on Mondays. So even though okay. it's weeks, you know, yep. weeks afterwards. Um, also, I don't know if you saw, and I won't go deep into it because it's be super old news in three weeks when this episode comes out. Every Monday, there's a big piece of news that drops within, or at least I see it within 15 to 30 minutes of recording a podcast. So Elon yep. Musk just bought Twitter. I'm like, oh, I can't talk about that on the podcast because... You know, it'll be way old news. <laughs> it'll be old news by then. Wow. So did it, like, it actually came through? It happened? Yeah, it's it's official, apparently. Oh, man. Yeah, 44 billion, I think, was... Well, you know, I mean... Yeah. What's 44 billion, right? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so people are... Uh, actually, I don't see too many people going nuts on Twitter, but I don't follow people who typically uh, care that much. Sorry, you got to fly. Um, Give it... <laughs> Give it time, man. The next couple of days are going to be interesting when that kind of shakes itself out. Yeah, I figure at some point Twitter's going to crash. Like I, you know, I know a bunch of employees said they were going to quit if if they sold to to him. So uh, I hope it's just after I've been communicating. I've, I've been setting up a mock draft for a sports website I help, and mm -hmm. I'm communicating with like 20 different people across the country through Twitter. So wow. just don't crash until I'm done with that. We do the we do the broadcast tomorrow night. After Here that, Twitter can crash for a month. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse things. There would be there definitely be worse things than Twitter just going away on me for a month. I could live with that. Yeah, no, I uh it's it's I, I was super stressed all weekend because I was coordinating this mock draft where all 32 picks or I, there's about 25 teams making the 32 picks and we have different people representing every team. And I communicated with different people on different platforms. So I was texting, emailing on Slack, on Twitter, on Facebook. So I'm, I'm communicating five different ways and I have to keep checking different things to see if yep. whew, I, I need a week in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess. Which? I kind of got one lately. I, uh, I mean, I, I went on a, I went on a cruise ship and, uh, and the satellite internet broke mm. and, uh, I, I don't know yet if that was, I don't know yet if that was a curse or a blessing, like, you know, like, cause, cause I, I kind of planned to disconnect, but I was still, I was going to get online for a couple hours every day. I, I, told people I've got, I've got, you know, one slot maybe for a zoom meeting and I'm going to stay up on all my emails. And then I just went off the face of the planet for, you know, almost a week. And I don't know, I was, it's like, I was probably well rested, but man, I was stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> I 
Well, because you're worried about what you're going to come back to. <laughs> yeah, and what's going on and what's not getting done or, you know, any of that. And then, yeah, it's like, well, this week's great, but next week's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I was at a bachelor party in Costa Rica for four days. And the only place my phone worked at all was when I was connected to Wi-Fi in my room. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't in my room very much. And, you know, when I was, I checked emails. I FaceTimed my kids a couple times and that was it. I came back and I just had to slowly wean back into the computer because it's like, oh, I kind of yeah. liked life not worrying about my phone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's weird, right? Like, I, I, I feel like, uh, I, mean, I have no idea how old you are. I feel like I'm in the very last generation that, that'll ever have any of that concept of like, there was a period where you could legit be out of touch. Yeah. And now it's just not it's not it's not feasible at all like my daughter who's 15 months old flips out if her ipad is disconnected from the internet which is mm -hmm. i don't know what that says about me and my parenting but nonetheless i mean she's like clicking everything and tapping things and like nothing starting and then she hands it over like like holds the thing out to me being like dude this thing is what did you do this is crap this is broken like this is useless <laughs> to me <laughs> without an internet connection fix it <laughs> i know i was like okay i mean man i i mean just have yeah whatever it is kids yeah and i don't <laughs> think back. it's it's funny i started debating people on the screen time thing i'm like i don't think it's good or bad i think it just depends on what kids do like I, you know i was talking to a uh someone who worked for nasa for 20 years or something and she's like you know minecraft is a you know mind-numbingly boring game to me at least but she's like it's actually good for kids they're problem solving they're digging they're building things they're like you know depending on how they're using it it can be a good you know it exercises your brain yeah. better than you know watching tv or well i guess that's screen time too but. yeah i guess it's definitely better than watching tv and i don't know we we go back and forth on this because is it, like she's learning a lot i mean she's it, it's amazing right like it like the and i'm i mean i'm in tech i i know this space i know how mm -hmm. to use my gadgets all that stuff but like watching a 15 month old fire up an ipad go into Disney plus start in Kanto, minimize it, like put it up in the corner of the screen and then like start her coloring app and be like coloring things. I'm like, how did you like, I'm not sure I would have known how to do that. <laughs> it, I, it must just be growing up around it because yeah. there's everything's so intuitive. I'm technologically the dumbest 35 year old on the planet. Like I <laughs> might as well be 95. Okay. Today, someone's like, I, uh, do you have a Google Drive to, that I can send this video to? Because it's too big. I'm like, maybe. I, I may, uh, yeah, try. I don't know what Google Drive, what do you need from yeah. me? My social security number? Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to see what happens. I'll either get it or I won't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means, but I can click buttons on computer. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, frankly, usually I can problem solve just by clicking around on screens. And I think children, that's how they figure things out because my daughter was uh she was two i want to say and the first time she got uh, an ipad in her hand she just knew how to use it almost immediately mm -hmm. never had seen one before because she you know this was 10 years ago so they weren't as popular yeah, or available uh she just 
within minutes knew exactly how to use it and navigate around. And it's like, she, she couldn't use the remote control. <laughs> like if I handed her the remote and said, go put on Disney, she would have stood there for hours, not knowing how to figure it out. But the tablet, which I guess yeah. goes to speak to the technological design, it's, it's intuitive. It does. And, and, and the closer I've gotten myself to the, 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 the user experience and the design space over the last couple of years, the more I realize what an art form it really is. Cause, cause I've, I've been in tech forever now, but, um, but I've always like, I mean, first I was like an engineer and I was doing kind of stuff on the back end, And then when I became like a CTO, I was, I was managing it all, but I never really got in the depths of design. It's like, I would see designs and be like, oh, that looks great. Let's sure. Let's go build that. And, and now that it, I'm kind of in the, the, you know, early, early stage startups, you know, world. Um, and I'm like deeply involved in all of it. And you realize like how hard it is to make something intuitive. I mean, to a, to a, to a 25 year old, or, you know, even just trying to cater to something that's accessible to a 25 year old, a 45 year old and a 65 year old, that's a challenge in and of itself. When you throw like five year old in there too. And, and, you know, you like, you see stuff that, that has been built well enough for them to just figure it out. And I'm just, I'm just kind of awed and amazed. Um, at the work that went into that to like get every little button click and and feature and all that i mean it's it's pretty cool stuff yeah it's uh it's beyond my mental well not my capacity but beyond what i've ever <laughs> i it's almost like the, the old thing don't ask how the sausage is made that's how i am with tech sometimes it's like as long as it works i don't you know I don't need to know the details of the ones and the zeros. Just, just let me click buttons and I can. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I'll, I just got to share this one, this one piece of, of design practice that I, that I learned that just blew my mind. So, you know, a lot of apps, when you fire up an app on your phone, it's got a loading screen, mm -hmm. right? Like, like it, like the logo, like the splash screen, the logo appears for like two seconds and then disappears. So, when we were building our app, at first we were like, we're not going to have one of those because it doesn't actually take any time for our app to start. Like it's instant. I mean, these things are, you know, it's, it's a tiny app and a powerful phone. It just starts and it's ready to go. And a designer we were working with was like, no, you have to have a splash screen. Like why? And, it, and it's got to last like between one to two seconds. And what I learned is most apps, there's no purpose to that screen that pops up. Mm. It's not making you wait while it starts up or loads or none of that stuff. It's because if the app just starts, it, it does two things. One, people assume that if it can move that fast, it's not complicated enough. Mm. Like it must be a really simplistic app. And everyone expects it so much that there's like a little cognitive dissonance that happens. If you just tap the thing and you're there and you're ready to go. Like everyone expects that moment to say, now I'm in WhatsApp. Now I'm in Instagram. Now I'm in Twitter. And like yeah. their brain does a little bit of rewiring to get itself ready for that. And so every time you start an app and it, not every time, but probably 90 
plus percent of times, if you start an app and it makes you sit there looking at the logo for a second or two, there's no purpose for that other than best practice user experience says, make everyone wait for two seconds while this thing loads. That's, that's amazing. And while you were saying it, I, I thought, you know what, I would be thrown if I clicked on an app and just it instantly popped you up. There. I'd like be like, you, did, oh, did I accidentally click on that before I thought I did? Like how, yeah, it, like what happened? it would throw me a little bit. Yeah, probably more, probably for longer than the second or two that you otherwise would have mm -hmm. been waiting around. Well, that's to me, you know, with my fat fingers, a lot of times that screen's like, oh good, I hit the right one. Especially now, you, I got pages of apps on my phone. And yeah, I right. swear half of them are like a purple P. So it's like, oops, I hit I hit Portillo's instead of a parking app or, or public. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And then this is not going to do what I want. So, uh, so let me quit out and go back to the other thing. And Well, or order a sandwich and then go. <laughs> <laughs> or just stop and order a sandwich. Well, while I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you got me here, so might as well. Yeah, it's well, there's uh, a marketing play in there somewhere for someone. Yeah, well, and that's I have seen a few uh, apps, uh, typically ones that I delete, to be honest, because usually they constantly are hitting you with ads where mm -hmm. the load screen is just an ad. So you you don't that's the only time you don't get that little thing that pops yep. up that it's loading is when it's like, a, hey, come play Candy Crush or something. No, I don't pay attention to them, but. I guess it must work on some people for them to do it. Yep. Um, so while we're talking about apps and games, <laughs> what a natural segue. Wow. Hey, <laughs> to, look at that. Funny to, how that worked uh, out. Game Apart. Um, you're the founder and CEO. And uh, I'm going to take a wild stab and say you probably thought of this idea somewhere around March 2020. Pretty close. I think April, April like <laughs> 19th was our first team meeting. Mm. So, yep. Well, it's it weird. So, I, and I'll let you, I guess, describe it a little more, but in essence, uh, it's where people from all across the, well, I guess the world can mm -hmm. log in at the same time and play games. Um, yeah. It's, it's the games over. I mean, it's the games over zoom platform. So, um, so we took this this idea, this reality that that we were all living that, you know, I'm like 50 hours a day, I think, or not 50, excuse me, 50 hours a week I was spending on Zoom at the early parts of the pandemic because I'd be on it all day for work, and then I and then work would shut off. But then it's like, well, now I've got I've got a virtual happy hour, and then I'm gonna go try and catch up with some friends, or I'm gonna try and you know, uh, God help me, teach the grandparents how to use it so that we could stay in touch. And all that and and um we just kind of hit a point i was on with a group of friends my brother and i and some of our friends and you know we've been hanging out we've been drinking we were having a good time but it's also like as we've done this you know every week for three or four weeks now and i'm i'm bored like i'm sorry i love you all to death i'm just kind of bored and so uh we went searching for games over zoom and there's a lot of stuff out there now but at the time like nothing came up, some blog entries on like, how do you, how can you share this screen and make it work? Or, you know, we can all play Pictionary over Zoom, like just take a sheet of paper, draw something on it, and then hold it up to the camera and you've got Pictionary. <laughs> and, um, and so that was fine. So that first day, like we jerry-rigged something, we figured it out. And um, I was like, you know, 
I mean, yeah, first we got this pandemic. At the time, I thought it was going to last, you know, I don't know, weeks, right? Weeks to maybe a month or two. Um, but even then, like the fact that that a games over Zoom platform doesn't exist seems weird to me. Um, let's go build it. And so we we went and built it, and and Game Apart was born out of that. Um, and and then and then and and so so it was really it was fun, right? We we had basically you know riffs on Cards Against Humanity, Taboo, Heads Up, pretty much Uno, like all the most popular party games out there. Um, and then once we got a little bit of success and a little bit of kind of credibility, started going to game makers, like indie game makers saying, hey, um, you know, you've got a cool product. You sold 50,000 units on Kickstarter. Let us build the digital version of it and we'll partner up. And, and, and that, I mean, it, it kind of went from there um, and, and then has just kind of kept on evolving ever since. And I don't know, I never thought I'd be in the gaming space. That's not my background at all. Um, but I'm loving it. I mean, it's a blast and I can write off games now. So that's, <laughs> that's a plus. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, to your credit, you know, I, while COVID may have been like the first aha moment, uh, it certainly doesn't depend upon a pandemic to have the, I mean, and the pandemic helped forward this along, but so many people work remotely now. Yeah. Because I think the smarter companies are realizing, you know, we could save a lot of money on renting real estate if we just let them work in their own home office. Um, yeah. But there is, I actually started my first day with the company I worked for before retiring from insurance uh, was March 16th or 23rd of 2020. Basically, I went into the office. There were two other people in the entire building. One of them to let me in and show me my desk where my equipment was. My manager, who was in Kansas, called and said, all right, you got all your stuff? Take it all home with you. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I never met a single coworker for the one and a half years I worked there. Mm -hmm. um, now, kind of weird. It, it's very weird. And so we did Zoom happy hours, uh, and uh, I, I, I got to be friendly with a, a handful of people, mostly people who I ask questions. So, you know, naturally we get on the phone and start talking and get off topic and, you know, so, but aside from that, I, there was no real connection because those virtual happy hours, uh, somebody pointed out, you know, the best part of real office happy hours is, you know, you and another person go sit in a corner, get drunk and talk shit about everyone else. You can't yeah. do that on a Zoom call. <laughs> Whoever the boss is on that Zoom call is going to control it like it's a meeting that's just, hey, you happen to have a drink in your hand while you're talking to your boss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you're right. Um, and I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to change that. I mean, that is, that is kind of front and center in our world right now of, of, of how do we how do we recreate that world, that universe of, of casual office, you know, connections and relationships. And, um, you know, when we started, we were going after everyone. It's like, you know, friends, family, whatever, come play games over Zoom. And the, the realization I came to, sadly, it came after I'd spent a whole bunch of money, but that's okay. I mean, that's, that's the world <laughs> of startup, but, but we, we spent a lot of money 
built a platform for consumers, got a bunch of consumers, you know, we had 10,000 and then 25,000 or 1020 and then 25 and 30,000 users. And then we realized, wait a second, we're never actually going to make any money off these folks. Mm. Like it, just a reality, right? Like that, that at the end of the day for, to, for you to make money in gaming online, like, like mobile app gaming type stuff, you've got to get into the hundreds of thousands, millions of users. I mean, it was oh, going to wow. be a long slog, but when we were doing all this research and we were asking people, would you buy it? Would you do ads? How are you using it? All this stuff. One of the things that came out was even though none of our material was focused on work, 35 to 40% of our users were using it to bond with their teams. And, yeah. and, and, and our, our website didn't say anything about that. None of our material said anything. I mean, it was team building was like item number seven on the eight ways to use the platform. But all these people were gravitating towards it. And so um, ultimately, I mean, it took more time for us to really kind of jump in, you know, with both feet, but ultimately we, we pivoted the company to where, you know, friends and family can always just play games for free. That's just there. They will get served some of those ads because um, you just got to try and pay the bills. But, but fundamentally they get served, they can play for free. And our focus now is really on remote teams and team building and events. Um, and, and, and kind of ranging from how do we make the first five minutes of a meeting? How do we loosen people up and let you have fun and let you force you to talk about non-work stuff just so you get to know each other a little bit all the way to the far end of the spectrum of like, how do we reinvent the virtual happy hour so that it actually works the way you described, right? Where it is like right. freeform and fun and relaxed and all that. And um, that's been, that's been a blast. I mean, it's, it's been fun to kind of, you know, I, my background is all business to business. Um, and so as much as I have enjoyed learning the gaming industry and like learning like the business side of that, it's also nice to kind of take that and then combine it with kind of this space that, that I know, or some of us know on the team um, and, and get out there with companies and say, yeah, you know, you've, you've, you've got a team that's never met each other and um, you know, they're probably performing pretty well, but what is that? what does that look like after this? Like, 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 how do they, how do they get to know each other? How do the hell do they get to know that, you know, you've got kids and this is what your kids do, or you like to do blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, like that stuff doesn't happen on zoom calls because right. the call scheduled from nine to 10, we log in at you probably, if you're me, you log in at nine Oh four and <laughs> you go through the meeting and the, you know, you cover all your topics and then the meeting's over and, it's not our nature to say, well, why don't we all stick around or, or, Hey, Jeff, how about, you know, you and I stick around and we can just I, you know, <laughs> shit for a minute. Like it doesn't really work like that. Um, you kind of have to be forced. Yeah. I, I actually, um, I was, uh, the only one, the only person I've ever heard of that's done this, but I'm sure other people did. I was a manager for, I think about two years. Uh, and I had a small team, all female, uh, and uh, I gave them homework before our monthly team meetings where I would give them an assignment and I would ask them uh, the most ridiculous questions in the world, sometimes relatively normal, but like, I'm like, okay, if, if you were on a reality show where they forced you to be homeless and you could pick three items with you and the person who stays homeless the longest without quitting wins a million dollars. What three items would you choose? Um, 
and and we we talked for 45 minutes in the meeting about you know strategy for this fictional made-up yeah. tv show that i came up with off the top of my head and and i do that every every month for the meeting but i know i was the only one doing it and frankly i doubt upper management appreciated it because it was a time waster but i think i had the tightest knit team of anyone in that building at the same time well and you know the interesting thing is upper management may or may not and it kind of depends on the culture of the company and who they are but more and more hr teams love that kind of thing because they are mm -hmm. recognizing like the hr community is recognizing that um I mean, this is true of all teams and they've known this, like this isn't some grand realization that, you know, right. I mean, culture, culture eats strategy for breakfast is the old quote. And I think teams have known that for a while, but no one's quite really diving into figuring out how, how do we extend that into the remote or the hybrid workforce? Um, and this is going to be a lot of people. I mean, it's, you know, I'll try not to get too like preachy and quoting stats, but but it's it is like depending on who you ask, it's it's between fifty five and sixty five percent of knowledge workers are are expected to be at least hybrid remote by the end of twenty twenty two. So it's a huge number of people, and and it's a group where we haven't quite figured out like what is the post COVID norm for these things. Like pre COVID, you had I think you had some advantage because we all knew each other, right? right? Like like. If I had, if it was, if it was April and I had just been sent home from the office, I knew my coworkers, we were going through what, I don't want to blow it out of proportion, but, but what was like a shared trauma of like, the world has just kind of come screeching to a halt, everyone at home. And it was, it was kind of a new, for a lot of folks, I, I've actually been remote for a while, but for a lot of folks, it was, it was like this new adventure and we're figuring it out. And we all, you know, it's like, and I know you and, and we had this relationship and I've been out to have a drink with you or we've gone to a ball game or whatever the hell it was. Now it's like, yeah, that's, that's gone. I mean, we're two years in, you, 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 you know, you, we are where we are now. And, and now it's, you've got whole teams who've never met each other. And, and it's just like figuring that out. And I think that more and more we're seeing like the HR community is getting into it and saying, we, we got to figure this out because well, because if we don't, then then our people are going to resign, you mm -hmm. know, the great resignation and go somewhere where they can get a great culture and be at home and have flexible work schedules and, 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 and. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a cool space. I think it's something that's coming quick. I think it's something that, I mean, I'm not saying we've got the answer by any stretch, but we've got a little piece of it um, that, we're, that we're, we're having a lot of fun with. Yeah, and I, I think HR is starting to get more on the track of, of the way the real world is going to work moving forward. Because, you know, and, and people my age always say, oh, those millennials, well, I am a millennial. I'm on the upper end of a millennial, but I think like millennials are almost 40 now so at this no, point. No, they are. So so I'm I'm officially the, I don't know whether you call it the first or the last year of millennialism. Um, and I'm 41. <laughs> So oh, 1981, yeah. so you're, you're the, elder the last year you could be born and still be considered a millennial. And a lot of times I just lie. I just give myself <laughs> at an extra month. And, you know, so, so it could be December of 1980 instead of January of 81. And now I'm officially whatever the generation before us was called. Um, but I mean, that's that's right now. I mean, what, that's the 28 to 41 market or something like that. That's the market you need to be successful. That's, and yeah. 
we do. And again, I, I'm, I'm 35, so I'm closer to the older side. And I've always kind of been an old soul. Yeah. Um, even though I've gotten a lot more immature since I turned 30. I don't know how that works, but besides the point, That's good. That's <laughs> but, good. but maybe it depends on who you ask. But, <laughs> but uh, it, the reality is we, there's a demand for, okay, I'm not, the clock should not I always used to, to tell my, you know, again, in my brief stint as a manager, I'd, I'd say, I'm not a clock watcher. I don't care if you're five minutes late and you leave five minutes early. That doesn't matter to me. I just get your work done. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, you know, if you're a half hour late one day, if you know you're going to be that late, maybe just tell me so I can cover for you. If someone asks where you are, I yeah. don't care. As long as you get your work done, I don't care how long you're in the building. And I think that is the overarching attitude of a millennial as opposed to, again, upper management, sometimes the guy who ran our office would literally walk the floors at 458 to make sure no manager was leaving early. He would just kind of Uh, stalk the floor. I won't say it, but I I won't say what I'm thinking, but man, that's just, that sucks. Yeah. I don't think he listens to my podcast, but I don't care if he does. It was a dick move. (laughs) All right. Well, there you go. That's that's where I was going. Yeah. I mean, and what possible point does it serve, right? I mean, as long as you're getting the work done, I, I almost think the problem now is, is getting like to the opposite end of the spectrum where it's, it's because the, the corollary of that is it also, you know, so, and, and, and this is a really tough one because I've always kind of held that belief with my teams, like just get the job done. And if you can get, if you can get your job done in two or three hours a day, more power to you. Like that's really on me as the manager to have not filled your day right. You're right. The hard part, and I'm 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 pretty guilty of this, is my mindset is if you can get the job done today for two or three hours, then do it in two or three hours and go enjoy the rest of your day. But for next week, as long as like the workload is reasonable for next week, if it hits crunch time and you got to work. 10, 12, 15 hours a day, especially when you're at home, like that's the given trade is, and I think as long as it's balanced, it's okay. But it's also like, how do you find that balance? And how do you not start getting like exploiting people and taking advantage of their time? And the fact that like, now that they're remote, there's no, there's no like big line between I'm at work or I'm not, or, oh, I'm so sorry. I've just left the office. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Walk back upstairs. Like, yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it's uh well, and I I think the difference is it goes back to to what you're to what Game of Parts doing and and what I tried to do as a manager is make have them buy in, have them have care about their job, and that's the difference between the person who will well no you pay me to work eight hours so even though last week I worked you know twenty hours all week to get my job done. You pay me to work 40 hours. I'm not doing 60 hours this week because I got more work or more, you know, there's just crunch time. Things need to get done. Um, But if they care about their job, they care about their company, they care about their boss. And they care about their team members. And their team. Yeah, because if you're sliding on other things. Yeah. Right. Because it's like because they're potentially they're the ones who have to pick up your slack. They're the ones who are getting let down. Um, when you can create that mindset, I think, I think not only do you get people willing to work harder, but also like everyone's happy about it. 
right? Because it is, we're, we're, we're part of a team, we're part of a community. I think, you know, humans are, are, are social creatures by default. Um, there is that social pressure of like, let's, let's, let's get this done together. And then when we succeed, let's celebrate together. And, and yeah, that, that, that we've got to, we've got to make sure that we keep that going, that we don't kind of let that get lost in the noise of, um, you know, cause I think what becomes really easy in this, in this, in this new era, um, and folks who have been remote for a long time will hear that and be like, oh, new era, what I'm doing this weird. <laughs> it is different now that everyone's doing it, that you're yeah. not the outlier by being the one working at home. But I think it's, it becomes so easy to, to think, well, like for me, and, and I struggle with this myself, like I'm at home all pretty much all day. I mean, I'm starting to get back out traveling again to, to, to see folks, but, but for the most part, I'm at home all day and my wife and daughter are home all day too. And so it's like, that's my circle now. Like the people, you know, I used to be, I'd spend, I'd spend 40 hours a week with my coworkers. I know them, you know, better than you know your wife, but that's not the case anymore. Like it's, it's, you know, right outside that door is, is my wife and daughter and I can go spend time with them and hang out with them. And that's, that's wonderful. I mean, that's great. I love that. I'm, 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 I'm so grateful for that. But as a result, I don't have that feeling with the people I work with. They're just the people I work with. Yeah. Like they're, I mean, I, and I kind of have like a, a feeling of obligation. I'd say I'm, I'm probably, I probably feel more obligated than, than, than maybe other, I don't know if that's fair or not, but maybe, but like, I definitely feel an obligation to get things done, but without other ways of getting to know them, I don't feel personally connected. I don't feel personally on the hook. I don't feel bad. I might feel like worried that I'm not gonna meet a commitment or whatever, but I don't feel bad. Like, oh, I let Jeff down. And now he's got a cover for me or, you know, the rest is like that, that, that feeling is just so much harder to capture now. Yeah, I know. I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with that. It's a, uh, it's tough to, to make a face on a screen, even if you've interacted with them, I, I, you know, in meetings yeah. or whatever, it's tough to really put a lot of emotion into a, a random person. You, you, you know, yeah. Who, you know, gave you a 30 second snippet of introduction. I'm, I'm from St. Petersburg. I have two kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Okay. That's cool. great. <laughs> good. Good for you. I, I even, when I started my new job, uh, I was the only one in, in my team, even if we weren't remote, I would be working out of Tampa. Everyone else would be in Kansas and Minnesota. And I'm such a person who wants to connect. I actually sat in my first team meeting when everyone was introducing themselves and took notes as, as slyly as I could, like hey, kids, where they live, any random fun yeah, detail yeah. they offered. I'm like, Thanks, <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah. Well, that's an important one. Well, I do think the, the, I did, again, the few people who I did have a decent relationship with, and I didn't meet any of them, uh, we're the people who we did do the happy hours where we all drank. And at first, I, I still remember the first one where everyone was kind of like sliding off screen yeah, right. <laughs> and doing it. And then the boss just cracked a beer in front of us. And it's like, oh, we can actually drink. This isn't just a fake happy hour. Because yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah. starting to drink immediately at five o'clock every day for the past month and a half. <laughs> uh, and, which... Unfortunately, or fortunately, maybe, I don't know. Everyone was doing that. Um, yeah. But you did, so you've uh, 
well, you can you can tell me. You either implemented or will be implementing spirit tasting. Yes. We are implementing. So we're in the, I mean, we've, we've done it, you know, but we're, we're, we're getting much better at it. So, so we started out, I'll just, I mean, this is like the, 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 the 60 second version. So we started out and we were just a platform that you could play games on. Like you could go, we could all sign in. You and I are on a zoom call. We could sign in, we could play cards against humanity against each other and have, have, have some laughs and have fun. Um, then we expanded it to, then we got told, Hey, um, this is really cool, but you know, most teams, most managers are, are not going to go carve out like a full hour every week to just play games. Mm-hmm. How do you make this, you know, the five minutes at the start of a meeting? And so we started building little tools and apps for, you know, little small bites for the start of meetings. And it would be it's like some of them is like exactly what you were talking about earlier. Now, we wouldn't give it to people's homework, but it's like you sign into the meeting and while you're waiting, you know, for everyone to show up, there's a little QR code and it might just be there's a flash trivia question of the day or a would you rather or something mm. and everyone answers it and you talk about it, you laugh, you, you know, you chuckle about how either, you know, stupid or not your coworkers are, or you are, and then you kind of get on your meeting. So those are the first couple of things you built and those went well, but we got asked again and again, okay, but we need something more. Like when, like we want to get everyone together, we want to make sure that they're engaged and involved and all that. And, and so that's when we kind of started doing what we before then always considered just another aspect of virtual stuff, which was the, 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 the real events, like the, you know, premium events, um, um, you know, item backed events, like stuff where, where it would be, you know, people said we want to do a happy hour, but what we want is we want to pay you to ship booze out to everyone's house and then make sure that we've all got the same thing and then like turn it into an experience for us. And it's turned into a real business. My first feeling, my, honestly, my very first one was just cool. Like this is, this is a way for me to, to start also writing off my alcohol <laughs> because <laughs> now it's product research. Um, so like, right, let's be really transparent about how these, like this is how business evolves, right? It's, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to the wants and desires of people. Um, Usually it's your customers, but sometimes it's just your, your founders saying, well, if I could write off all the alcohol I buy as market research, then life would be great. Um, that, that, that probably pays me more than Game Apart does at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> just like it is what it is. Um, but so, so we linked up first with, with um, I had gotten a random email from, from a Scotch distillery, uh, Avalar, and they were like, look, we will ship a tasting kit out and they were it was like supposed to be for your clients or your teammates but we'll ship a kit out and and we'll ship the kit out everyone will get this you know some whiskey and then one of our brand ambassadors will come on the line and present it and share it and, and we do this for free this is just a brand activation marketing exercise for us and so i was like well wow this sounds really cool like can we how do we combine these things together? And that's, that's kind of what we did. And so we created this offering and, and we've, we've done a few with Aberlauer as like test runs and, and, and we do them for our own clients and our own investors um, and all that. But, we're, but we've, we've got a couple other partners now too, like a cidery, um, a craft beer tasting group, a cooking class, you know, if you, you know, mm. if your team doesn't drink, I mean, there are, there are, there are those folks out there. Um, I'm not one of them, but they're, they exist. <laughs> And so, but we, so we, uh, but it was like, how do we combine these? And like, well, we've got a platform 
that, that we can build software on really fast because we're techies. We've got this software for gamifying meetings, not just playing games, but gamifying meetings and, and all that. And so we started, we, we, we've done a few of them now and we're ramping them up to start like going on sale officially outside of like beta testing um, actually next month. Uh, we're kind of launching at a Vegas conference, but the idea that we'll take care of everything, you sign up, everyone will get a, a, a kit of whiskeys or some beer or some cider or a cooking kit or whatever delivered to their home. You know, we'll, while, while everyone's gathering, we'll use our platform, we'll run a little icebreaker, we'll get, get the juices flowing, we'll turn it over to our partner, but we'll give them like a virtual tasting room where they can make tasting notes pop up on your phone or like when you go through nosing a whiskey, which is a big thing, right? So, so when you nose a whiskey, like up on your phone will pop, like tap all the things you you smell. I smell, mm. I smell burnt tires and elderberries and vanilla. All these other crap that people I don't believe anyone can actually smell it, but whatever they say they do. And it smells um, like whiskey. <laughs> yeah, that's my take. And I'm a whiskey drinker. I'm a hardcore whiskey drinker. It always just smells like whiskey. But like they can do that, and then it'll pop up on like the main screen that everyone's seeing. And it's like here's what you know, 80% of people on the call got vanilla and others got this. And, you know, James was the only weirdo who got bubble gum, <laughs> but, but whatever, like we'll put that up there and like, we can make videos of like a distillery tour pop up on their phone. Um, mm. Obviously to support our, our brand partners, we can make links to go buy a bottle for, you know, discounted rate pop up, but we can, we can have this like companion event. So we, so we run them through um, that. And then once everyone, once buzzed, then one of our hosts jumps back in and starts leading them through games. And so it's like, we'll coordinate everything, but basically we're going to make stuff show up to your house. Then we're going to get you drunk. And then we're all going to start playing games. And I <laughs> promise you at the end of that experience, you will know your coworkers better, maybe in ways you didn't want to, but you'll know them better. And then, and then through zoom and, and we're building like a little interface on top of zoom, we actually do make it um, kind of straightforward for you to click off and have like a little sidebar conversation with someone. So it's like, oh, nice. like jump into a breakout room and again, right. Like get in the corner and talk crap about everyone. Cause that's what we do at company. How happy hours, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but you know, so we're, we're rolling that out and, and it's just been such an interesting dynamic because for us, I think that's, that's actually the thing that's going to get our product sold is the ability to do these, these kinds of events. Um, where and we're not the first people doing virtual whiskey tastings by all means or or wine or beer or cider um or tequila or whatever uh and we're not certainly not the first person to do virtual cooking classes but i think we're we're the first one that brings it all together in like an app and a product where where you're getting your information but you're but it's forcing you to be interactive it's forcing you to participate it's forcing you to say like to rate on the app. I like that one. I didn't like that one. Um, you know, and like that, I, I think the brands like that, the brands that we work with say, well, this is a cool feature because otherwise we were just sending out a zoom link and now yeah. like we can, we can interact with people and engage with them. And of course, sell them. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, right. That's part of it too. Um, and then, and then to go from kind of an experience like that into, okay. Cause, cause what a lot of those will do is they'll say, okay, we've, you know, the, 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 the tasting's done. The class is done. Thanks everyone. See you all on Monday. <laughs> and we're like, no, like we've, we've, we've warmed you up and now 
we're going to go and we're going to launch Cards Against Humanity or Gifts Against Society, which is our version because we've turned them all into memes. Um, mm. We're going to launch it and everyone's going to be sitting there looking at the first box, which says, okay, everyone, do you want the, the G, the PG, or the R-rated version of this? <laughs> and, uh, and, and go from there, right? And say, you know what? We're, we're having fun. It's an evening. Let's, let's relax a little bit. And, and you just, you just find like, you just, it's just been so fun to see. Cause, cause I, I often will invite myself to these as we've been doing beta testings and, and it's like, oh, well, you know, guys, guess the founder is going to join and he's going to personally help. It's like, well, yeah, cause, like, cause that means it also the beer gets shipped to me too. So <laughs> um, I get to drink with strangers. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Hey, you know what? Why not? I mean, I get to drink with strangers, but this is my job and I'm building my company while I do it. Um, yeah. But I just every <laughs> single time, man, we we saw people loosening up and opening up. And, um, and, and, and that was just so fun to see. Like that was just, uh, I mean, fun, rewarding um, to kind of see like bonds being made and, and, you know, the kind of the hope that that carries on. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we, we find a way we've so far, we brought in, you know, we brought in games, we brought in booze, like, and, and yet, and yet this is all under this, this, this respectable cloud of being a business to business software company. And yet get to do all this stuff that I, a couple years ago, or, you know, five, 10 years ago, I would be like, well, I can't do that as part of my job. <laughs> this is the first time since I left my corporate job that I'm like, huh, I guess there could be some fun things about working in the corporate world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are, I think, you know, and I, and, and, and I've had some great corporate jobs. It's just, it's just, but, but it's just, how do you, yeah. Right. Like what matters is the team. What matters are the, the, you know, three to 15 people that you work with every day. Like those, that's that, I feel like that's what makes or breaks your experience. Um, in a smaller company, a startup, or, or when you're kind of doing it on your own, well, then you get to pick which people you get to work with every day. In the bigger ones, it's, it's just a little bit harder because the, the, there's like a bigger diversity of opinion and perspective. And, you know, when you start getting into a big team, if you get a 50 person team, I guarantee you that on that team, there's a few people who don't drink. There's a few people who are vegetarians or vegans. If you start doing like meal things, mm-hmm. there are a few people who are just grumpy blank blank blanks um, and there's just <laughs> nothing you can do about it right you know I, I uh, um, but whatever right I mean you deal with it I mean you'd have the same thing if you were in person you, you would you would always have the person who's like hey everyone you know we're taking everyone we're taking everyone to a basketball game and and I would get the one jackass and I as a manager I would get the one jackass like well I hate basketball I'm like, dude <laughs> it doesn't matter right like the company the company gave our team because we did well, like we've got the suite tickets this week. You get to show up, you get to sit in the suite. Who cares if you watch the game or not? There's going to be food. Yeah. Just shut up and have a good time. Eat and drink right. and be merry. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, um, that's, that's why I gave it to my team as homework like a week ahead of time, because I was sick of like asking a simple question and everyone saying, oh, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. It's like, well, yeah. now it's homework. You have a week to think about it. That's not an answer <laughs> yeah. you can give yeah. me. Next week's question is going to be this. Yeah. Um, what, um, let me uh, quickly, uh, something you mentioned earlier. So friends and families, they can still play it free with just, you know, ads, which is yep. a pretty easy compromise in my eyes. 
Yep. That's that's I keep thinking. Uh, even again in non-COVID times, you know, people who like I, my brother lives three and a half hours north of me, and it's like, oh, we could just yeah. loop them into a game. Like yeah, I, <laughs> and, yeah, no, exactly, and that's kind of been normalized. Like that's the thing, right? Is COVID what COVID did is 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 it normalized a lot of things that otherwise maybe would have taken, you know, another five, 10 years to get there or, or, you know, for, gosh, damn it. I feel old when I use terms like this, but for kids these days, right. But like, <laughs> I'm right there like with the, you. <laughs> the, 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 the Gen Zers and uh, I think the alphas are the new generation. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what we call the, the post Gen Z. Um, so watch out Gen Z is like, you're getting old now too. Um, but <laughs> For, for 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 a lot of folks who grew up with this tech, jumping on a video hangout with friends is nothing new. Like jumping yeah. into a Facebook room or a Skype or, um, you know, an Instagram, like whatever, like pick your tool. Like it's, it's nothing new and, and people, and, but, but, but you never would have gotten the older generations involved in that without right. the forcing function that was COVID. Whereas now, you know, my brother, so my brother is my co-founder, um, which is also a blast, by the way. That's that's really fun too when you get to work with people that that you legitimately love, not just like, oh, I love you, you're my coworker, but really, you know, yeah. all that. um, but like we so this happened right as he had just had a kid, and and then our baby was born kind of mid-pandemic. So I guess Game Apart and Emmy are my two COVID babies. Um, but like we taught our parents how to get on zoom calls and all that. And now that they've got it, there's no way that they're giving up their weekly grand, you know, weekly calls with the grandkids. Like that is just, that's just part of life. And so, and, and, and they want to sit there and watch her for hours. I mean, I guess I kind of want to watch her for hours too, but it's like, okay guys, this is weird. And so now we can, we can fire up a little game. We can have fun. We can, you know, we can play, you know, Scrabble together or, um, you know, little things. So it's like, okay, well, we're sitting on a call for a couple hours, but it's fine. Like we're, we're it's playing entertaining. Games, yeah. we go grab a drink, we talk, the kid does something cute. So everyone wants to like stop sharing the game screen so we can get full screen of the kid for a second, like <laughs> all that. But that's just, that's just become kind of part of our family dynamic. And, and I mean, it's never, it's not going to be the way it was during the pandemic. And I don't think any of us want it to be like that, where this was our, our social lives were, were on screens like this, but I think it's, it's the way I describe it now is it's, it's part of our social tool belt. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just one of many, but it is a tool that more people can use now. And um, yeah, let's make it fun. Let's make it, let's make it more engaging. Yeah. I, I, I love that. What's your, do you know what your most popular game is? So our, our most popular game is actually our take on heads up. Um, so have you played heads up? uh i don't think so, unless you mean heads up seven up or whatever that no, game. no 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 so, <laughs> so this was a it was it was a game and i don't know if like ellen i don't know if ellen degeneres came up with it first or if like she saw it and she liked it and she cried but it became associated with her but basically the way the game works is um with heads up it's it's like an app on your phone starts displaying words like like you know, Mickey Mouse, and then the next one might be um, Marvel, the next one might be, you know, dog, I mean, whatever, just pick anything. But the idea is like, when you were playing in person, 
the 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 guesser would hold i'll show you here i know everyone else isn't gonna be able to see it but like they would hold the phone up to their forehead oh. and it would flash a big word and then everyone sitting around you would try and get you they would give you clues to get you to guess the word like reverse taboo yeah rever exactly it's a reverse <laughs> taboo. and then and then like once you got it right like if you got it right you would tip the thing down and the next okay come yeah up. and if you couldn't get it you would tip up and like that would skip the word so we built i mean that's an easy one for us so we built a version of that and that's that is our most popular game um and so the way it works on, on, on a Zoom call is basically everyone joins the call with their phone. And then for everyone except you, the word is appearing on their phone in big letters and they're trying to get you to guess and all that. And then, and then. Oh, um, cool. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering how that worked on Zoom. Yeah. Cause, cause obviously like this on a Zoom call, like I can see exactly what I've got. <laughs> oh, uh, the word backwards. <laughs> yeah. The word backwards is this. So no, so um, but no, so so the way our the way our platform works, uh, you know, I'll just like the the so is we're on a Zoom call, and then I would share a screen, and that screen is like your game tabletop, like that's like your 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 living room table or your your dining table or whatever, and then there's a QR code on it that we can join in on our phones. You can actually do it all on your phone if you want, but it, it it doesn't it's not as cool. But there's a QR code where you scan on your phone, and then your phone's your controller. And so you've got the tabletop that everyone can see because that's shared out over Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Google Meet. And then your controller is your phone and that's showing you stuff that no one else can see or you can draw on it or you can roll a dice or you can pick a card or you know, whatever, whatever kind of the game mechanics in question call for. Um, so that's, that's our most popular. And then um, Cards Against Humanity is, is, is the second by, by a very close second. Gotcha. I have... Uh... I have two maybe weird questions. If you if you've got a, a few more minutes, yeah, yeah, I, that's that's cool. Let's do the weird questions. All right. Uh, well, this one's not super weird. I when I was going through the website, I saw one, but I, I, I probably could have gotten a description from it, but I didn't. But it okay. popped in my head. That there's something that the the first word I saw was conspiracy. What is yeah, that game? Because that theory. sounds right up my alley. <laughs> okay. So so. <laughs> Um, so Conspiracy Theory is a board game. It's actually one of the top 100 games uh, on Amazon, 100 board games on Amazon. And it is, it's a, it's, it's, it's basically, it's, um, boy, I hope they don't feel like I'm oversimplifying their game because there's a lot to it. But, but, but if I were to try and simplify it, it's uh, Trivial Pursuit, but with Conspiracy Theories. So like, so the, 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 the categories are like, you know, science and technology, mythology, um, you know, that sort of thing. So you got like your category and then it's, it's trivia questions that, that, that are about, you know, pretty well-known conspiracies. Um, I mean, some of them are truly well-known. Some of them will touch on like Bigfoot and, you know, like a lot of the UFO ones and other ones, <laughs> man, I'll tell you, there are some really obscure ones out there. And when we play with that team, um, so Kate, Kate over there, like she knows all of them and i don't think just because she worked on it, i honestly think she knows all of them she's like she's like a, a walking encyclopedia but yeah so it's it's a trivia game um trivia board game so you're trying to like work your way around the board and all that stuff that's about kind of popular conspiracy theories wow yeah you, you know the guest i think that will be on a week before you was a big foot researcher so <laughs> nice okay well i want to reach out to i'll let him know you can you can check us out we um for anyone like we do we do avoid any of the really like hot button right. conspiracy theories of the day. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's a good on, idea. All that stuff, <laughs> it's like, nope, none of that, none of that content Old at all. Stuff. Um, moon, yeah, moon landing or earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. It's stuff that that hopefully, because we want people to interact and not like try and figure out how do I fight someone over Zoom, right? So it's like we, <laughs> we try and toe the line a little bit. Do, do you pull them and ask if they're flat earthers before they log in for the game? <laughs> yeah, no, that, there are, there, man, that's a whole like subtopic in there is, uh, is around that. And it's actually really fun because the way that these guys, because again, these are partners of ours that actually like design the game, but it's like for every conspiracy um like on your phone like at the end of the round you can actually click on it it'll bring you to like the wikipedia articles that talk about why like like why do people actually believe that and what is the conspiracy and all that so it's not just total bs right it's not just like oh we we pulled this one out of our asses and and put it on a question but like you can actually go see no this one's been around for 50 years and and books have been written on it and all this stuff Oh, I'm 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 gonna strum up people to play that game. With Check me. it out, yeah. Let me know. Okay, <laughs> I'll uh, we'll, we'll get on and uh, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, and uh, one other random thought I had, not you know, you you might be a question you can't answer. Okay, you'll you'll understand what I said. One thing I thought when I was thinking of family and friends is it's like, you know, I bet some friends would be real motivated and competitive and invested. This wouldn't work in the corporate world if you could somehow facilitate. uh, And obviously, I would, you know, take a cut of, you know, it being like a golf game closest to the hole. We all, you know, we all chip in five dollars and the winner gets 50. But, you know, the pool was 60. So you get your little. (laughs) Yeah, right. So. So we've talked about it for sure. And actually one of, one of our advisors um, in the company it was, is, is the CEO of Bettable, which is an online gaming platform hmm. um, in the UK, uh, based in the UK at least. And yeah, I think we, so, so one of the things I would love to capture is the, um, the, 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 the kitchen table poker games out there. Right. <laughs> of which I've participated in many in my life. Um, we know that there are people from our research, we know that there are people who will do a little, like a little side bet on Venmo. It's like now, can't, you know, yeah. we've, we've totally looked at, can we facilitate this without having to become like an online gaming platform? Right. Um, it's definitely something we've looked at and thought about, um, you know, and, and, and in both spaces, like, like uh, certainly, certainly what we can do, I mean, we, we don't do it right now, but what we've, what we've mapped out, like we know exactly how we would build would be without, without us getting a cut, we could absolutely let folks put like pool funds into like a Venmo thing and then release it to the winner. Right. That's something where like, like where, where the game automatically, like everyone could Venmo in and the game would automatically release it. And I think as long as what we've determined, as long as we're not taking a cut, then then we're not in the gaming space. We're just facilitating payments between friends right now, you know, regardless of what the underlying <laughs> motivation for that can, payment was. Can, can you implement a service fee of, you know, right, 3%? Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, we're definitely thinking about it. I mean, or, or yeah, or, or it's like, or, or just, well, you've got to get like the, the super premium edition. So you at least have to subscribe more, even if we don't get a cut, like you've at least got to pay us more. And that's kind of actually one of the things we're looking at taking it all the way back with our, with our corporate clients as well is because a lot of them have these employee engagement platforms, 
you know, where like you can, like everyone can, you know, reward their fellow employees with up to 10 bucks a month and gift cards. And so, but if you're mm. really popular with all your coworkers, then you might get a hundred of them and all that. But like, they're like these employees or like, or, or managers can reward people for good work. And it's like this whole kind of points and gift card platforms. And there's a couple of them out there. And we're definitely looking at integrating with them so that it can be like, well, whoever, you know, whoever gets the Monday morning, you know, staff meeting flash trivia, the fastest gets a $5 Starbucks gift card um, delivered to them by Slack. Like we're definitely looking at those tie-ins and, and like very seriously looking at that kind of stuff. So, um, but no, my, I, again, is, you know, so in, in kind of my quest here to make all of my hobbies um, part of my work and tax deductible, like getting that kitchen room <laughs> poker game on there would be awesome because I don't know what I need at that point. I mean, I can drink, I can play games, I can play poker. Like, I have no expenses at this point. I have point, no expenses so. left in my life. <laughs> That's what I always said. I just need an alcohol sponsor for the podcast solely, you know, if, I, if I'm not buying it, what am I spending money on? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's Well, I'm, I'm very glad from a selfish standpoint that that question was actually a smart question. because you... It was. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It was a great question. I, I thought you were going to ask me like, what would I bring to a deserted island or that? I mean, I, that would have freaked me out. <laughs> oh, no, you need time to prepare. I had one, yeah. one of my my favorite one was I said, if, if the zombie apocalypse is happening, you get to pick three people to be on your team and it can't be a, a family member. Like your your wife, your kids, your husband, all they're all with you already. So you can't be like, oh, obviously I picked my husband and my two kids. No, you need three other people. That was my <laughs> favorite one. And it took... It took a lot of internal debate to figure out even my own answer. <laughs> wow. Is it weird that I know the answer to this question? Like, do, do you have one? <laughs> no, no, I do. I mean, cause, cause look, right. Like at the end of the day, you got to have a place to hole up. You got to have someone with weapons and mm-hmm. you got to have access to hard currency. That's going to matter. So I'm the hard currency guy in, in, in my little, my little trio, because, uh, Cause I've got a whiskey collection. I, I've got like six, 700 bottles of whiskey. So, so oh, if you ever wow. come to California, yeah. let's, let's hang out. Cause I know I've been seeing <laughs> you drink it. Um, cause, cause in my mind, like that's going to be gold whenever the apocalypse hits, yes. but, you know, like cash, Bitcoin, computers will be dead. None of that's going to matter, but good, hard booze, ammo, booze and, and, and weed. So, so, so right. And then, and then, and then I got my buddy, um, John, who's, who's deep into, into like the, the, the ammo and gun world. Um, he's got a, like a whole business around helping people get certified to, uh, for, with, with their concealed carry permits and all that stuff. Um, which is, which is weird because I tend to be like much more on like the liberal side of the spectrum, but whatever, we're still really good friends. You can still be friends with people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then my buddy, Paul, who's got a little compound on the side of a mountain. So, oh, nice. Right. So like, we just, you know, get to his place. We've got the booze, the ammo and the place to hole up. We're set. That's you. And my answer was not that dissimilar. Mine was less Stroud, the survivor man guy. Yours is smarter having a guy who, but my guy can build a, you know, yeah. a, a structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can figure out a way to, to protect us from the elements. Also, probably knows about finding food that we can eat right. so uh, it's, 
I had a gun guy as well. It's just like he, yeah, and I mean, he was an army medic too. So it's like, that, all right, he can two and one. I yeah, mean, yeah, you got to have like it's like it's. I'm sure that there's some game theory that basically says you 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 need the treasurer, the soldier. <laughs> You know. Yeah, I didn't find a treasurer. I went with Gal Gadot as the third. <laughs> the Wonder well, Woman. Satisfying an important <laughs> other requirement. <laughs> I'm like, well, if it's, uh, you know, I got a one in three shot. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. Nope. I mean, that's true. There are, there are, I mean, there are a lot of necessities and requirements that one has to consider in these circumstances. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't think of the whiskey collector. That would have been a one that would have be very appropriate for me to think of. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, uh, tell everyone yeah. uh, listening where they can find, uh, and I'll link everything in the show notes, but where they can find you or the game apart or whatever yeah, you want to plug so, so so game apart you know it's it's gameapart.com and we're game apart on twitter and instagram so we're very easy to find um i'm a little bit harder to find um because i put all my work into into the company but um but my personal twitter is isla gold like isla scotch um <laughs> uh which i picked many many years ago and then someone actually went and created a whiskey brand around it and so i but like I own that domain and the Twitter handle and the Instagram handle and all that stuff. So um, I use it infrequently enough that maybe someday that'll be worth some money to me if this uh, if this brand really takes off and decides that they want their their uh, their internet property. So that's where to find me. Um, and yeah, love love to talk to anyone, family, friends, teams that uh, that have an interest. Yeah, James, I had a lot of fun talking to you, and and I'm very glad that. Uh... My, my goal on many days, especially on Mondays, is to help encourage someone to have their first drink of the day. So, Or of the week even, yeah. Mission accomplished. Well, you did it. <laughs> you achieved your goal, so, so you, can, you can sign off happy. James, thanks again uh, so much for joining me. I had a lot of fun. Me too, Jeff. Talk to you soon. Take care. All right, bye. All right, that's it. That's the episode. Thank you for joining me. Uh, and thank you to James Simmons. I had a lot of fun talking with him. Glad that uh, I got the opportunity. You can check out Game Apart uh, in the uh, the link is below in the show notes. And you can follow them on uh, the Twitter, Instagrams, and uh, follow James on Twitter as well. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok. I'm still, I'm still plugging away. I think I'm still doing at least two a week, although one's an episode promo. Uh, and hit, go hop onto YouTube. I've got, I've started to do, I've put out three now of uh, Drunk Jeff Eats, um, where I, uh, and I have a fourth recorded. Um, it's probably not good for me, but premise is pretty simple. I get drunk and try a new menu item from any place that delivers. Um, I'm already running out of fast food ideas, but I just did the Buffalo Ranch uh, chicken sandwich from Popeye's. Let's say I was a little underwhelmed, even though Popeye's chicken sandwich is delicious. And that's basically all this is. Anywho, uh, go on there and subscribe to me there. The next episode that's going to come out on Monday is a huge one. Um, and it's going to be, I'm going to encourage people to watch that one on YouTube because there's a lot of demonstration going on in that episode. I don't usually put full episodes on YouTube uh, because I like to have you listen to them here because that helps me with the ratings. But this one has a, a very uh, 
flat earth presentation vibe to it. Hint, hint, what the next episode might be. Uh, definitely worth watching the uh, some of the examples and demonstrations in that one as opposed to listening uh, to me and uh, the guest uh, react to it. So be on the lookout for that one Monday. And uh, hey, that'll do it. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good weekend.